everyone. Today's guest on Fashion for All, the Smart Glamour podcast, is Anna Maria, owner and creator of Curex Tribe. Anna Maria falls under the maker category of types of guests we'll be chatting with on the podcast. I'll let her introduce herself properly. We chat about how making jewelry was and is her safe space, the importance of community, and her advice for folks who may want to start their own small business. Enjoy our conversation. Hi there. Hey. Thanks for joining me. Yes, of course. Could you please introduce yourself? Yes. Uh, so my name is Ana Maria. Um, I am a jewelry designer. Um or rather an artist, because I also like painting. Um, and uh, my brand is Cure X Tribe. Cure X Tribe, right? That's yes. Nice. Awesome. Um, so I, we know each other because I was looking for folks to vend at Smart Clara Runway Show, and you came and did that, which was lovely. <laughs> Could you talk a little bit about how long you've been making the jewelry? Yeah, um, so to be honest, I've been making jewelry as far as I could remember. Um, oh, wow. I, yeah, I was like a, a little girl <laughs> uh, living in El Salvador. There was um, a civil war actually going on until I was six years old. So my first six years of my life, um, you know, there was like constant um, just like a lot of things going on, you know, for a six-year-old. Yeah. Um, and I just remember, like, having a, a safe space, like, in a corner of my house with, like, this, like, little table, my size, and a little chair. And, you know, with, with Play-Doh at that, at that time, I was like, oh, you know, like, I would just, like, get lost in, like, just like making my own jewelry. And so that sparked my interest of like, oh, cool. Like I'm, I'm making things that I could like wear on my own. And, you know, it wow. kind of made me forget like so much of what was going on. Like I could like stay there for hours. And um, yeah, so it's, <laughs> you know, for like 30 plus years, maybe at this point. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Truly. Um, and is it something that you like consistently did or were there times in your life where you just stopped doing completely or how, like, how yeah. did it continue on? Yeah, you know, um, so it, it was definitely something that started in my early childhood as a way of like escaping my reality. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, once I got maybe like, like late middle school and then like throughout high school, I was just like, uh, like, who am I? You know, like by the time I was like, you know, like 10 years old, I was like living in a different country. I was here in the mm -hmm. United States. So I'm like trying to figure out who I was and like art was like not in the radar and completely forgot that mm -hmm. how passionate I felt about it. Um, and it wasn't until I got back, you know, to college that I had to take like, you know, some like random art class that I was like, oh, wait, yeah, I forgot about this whole part of my life that I'm extremely passionate about. And, wow. you know, like, yeah, so it, you know, I, I it kind of like sparked it back once I got back to, you know, in when I was in college. That's incredible. It's so interesting how we can be um, 
super interested in something as a kid and then lose it and then kind of like re-find it again. It's like such yeah. an interesting phenomenon. It's like literally like listening to your like inner child. <laughs> like there's so much wisdom in there of like what it is that you know you're like very passionate about before like the world tainted you and was like no you can't do this you know like it's mm-hmm. like wow let me just like listen to you more often and see how far we could get in life <laughs> truly um so when did you turn it into like a brand where you were selling things yeah so um i have a 5 year old daughter and um so she started going to school about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like the first three years I was like working full time and like feeling super guilty that like, you know, I had, you know, thankfully I do have a very like close family dynamic. My like um, mother-in-law, my mom definitely like were there to help me out, to, like raise, raise Violeta, my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, like, I, I was there to, like, see her wake up and, like, to put her to sleep. And, you know, something had to change. And once she started school, um, you know, looking into, like, daycare and, like, you know, people to help us out, like, you know, while my partner and I were, like, working full-time jobs, I was like, wait, like, maybe, like, maybe I could, like, be there more for her and Mm -hmm. while she was like in school then I was just like I would like dive in to like making my craft and you know I was like it's it's really scary because you go from like having a monthly paycheck and you know like how much you're gonna make to just like okay I'm I'm going in with like faith that as you know if I keep pushing and I'm like persistent then things will happen but I am so happy that, you know, I made that decision and, you know, and I I did have a partner to like encourage me to make that decision as well to just like, okay, you know what, like maybe at first it will be kind of hard to, you know, to get things off the ground because like, how do you even do this? Like, you know, it's not like you go to school (laughs) and there's a path for it. It's just like, uh, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just, I'm just going to like, go and make it you know mm-hmm. just be like proactive and just you know try to be very consistent and you know don't give up <laughs> um so yeah so uh, I would say like about two years now that I've been doing this like as a full-time job oh well congratulations first of all yeah thank you <laughs> As I know how hard it is. Uh, second of all, this is so interesting that that was your catalyst because just a few days ago, I interviewed somebody else for the podcast. She uh, makes something completely different. She makes baby products, but um, she worked in corporate fashion, similar to me. We both went to FIT together, but she stayed in corporate fashion for a long time. She had a whole career, was in corporate fashion for a decade. And then when she got pregnant, was like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to be at my job, work, you know, the hours they expect me to work and see my child in any way? And that is what led her to leaving and then starting her own thing so that she could see her kid. (laughs) So that is 
so interesting to me that um, that's a similar thing that ha- that um, influenced you to start. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I was like, like I felt like I had no part in raising my daughter. I was like, you know, she was like forming into her own self, like with her grandmas that like spoiled her <laughs> a lot. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, like, where is my say in this? You know, and it was like, I, it was like, it is, it, it, it really is such a like hard, you know, like in, in, in one hand you have like, okay, you got bills to pay, you know, you need, we live in a capitalist society, so we need mm-hmm. money. Um, so it was like, wait, so how, how can I be a mom? How can I be there to raise my daughter, but also be able to like, find a means of surviving so it it's it's really scary but at the end of the day it's like you know I I I do wanna I want to raise my daughter and I realize it's not something that you know it's not like something that it's a given you know if you're a mom like that you'll be able to raise your child (laughs) because a lot of the times you know moms do need to work, you know, as well mm-hmm. as, you know, either if, if they're single mothers or if, or if they have a partner, like a lot of them, it's, you know, like, that's the type of society we're living in. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it wasn't an, an easy decision. Um, you know, there were some months that I'm like, what am I doing? Like, okay, <laughs> let me just give up. I'm, I'm going to go back to work. Like, you know, and, you know, having that circle to be like, no, you know, this is like, just be consistent, keep going, keep going, keep going. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what pushed me to like, not give up because so many times I was like, all right, I'm done. I need like, a monthly paycheck. And that's security. But you know, as an artist, it's, it's not like a straightforward path. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Yeah. And it's like, while that's absolutely wonderful that you're able to, you know, make any kind of living that you're making by creating things. I also want to bring up that, like, it just seems so incredibly unfair that, like, I mean, I, you know, in, in my friend, in my other uh, podcast guest's uh, situation, she didn't necessarily want to leave that career, but she felt like she had to. Whereas... um slightly different here i think that like you seem to prefer what you're doing and maybe you like wanted to do it but it just didn't seem like a viable option until it you realized that like in order to see your daughter you had to make it the viable option um but i just it oh man the (laughs) there just needs to be more support for mothers no matter which choice they make you know like it shouldn't be that if you've got a decade long career, you have to leave it in order to see your kid. <laughs> that yeah. just oh, it's mind boggling. Yes. It's like, you know, and I and I did love um the work that I was doing. Um, like mm-hmm. I I was working actually with um the LGBT uh community up in Washington Heights. Uh, which was mm. the first LGBTQ uh center to open up in you know, in that part of Manhattan. And, mm. you know, and, and I really felt proud of the work that I was doing. And it was actually 
you know, what inspired me to create the type of jewelry that I make. Uh, mm. I, I worked with a lot of trans women and, you know, one of the workshops that we would do is like, you know, let's, let's make statement pieces that make us feel like queens, like goddesses. So we would make like very extravagant, like one of a kind pieces, um, you know, that they would feel proud to wear and be like, yeah, I made it. And, you know, like sometimes when you need like a little boost of like, you know, I'm all that in a bag of chips sort of jewelry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, so it started with that. Um, and, you know, and while I was like making these workshops with them, like people would be like, oh, do you sell your jewelry? And I was like, no, just, you know, like I do the workshops and like you can come and make your own. Um, but then after that, I was like, wait, like, this is what I love to do, you know, and I'm teaching other people how to do it. But what if I just like, just keep creating, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So but, but it is like, it's, it's something that sometimes I'm like, damn, I wish I could like go back and like, work with people like sometimes like having that community, like mm-hmm. feel to your work, you know, as an artist, you work a lot by yourself, but, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, you know, definitely like the inspiration came from there and like choosing to be around my daughter more was definitely what made this decision, I guess, like a lot easier for me. Right. Have you thought about trying to bring those workshops back on your own? Like, have you tried, have you thought, or even like partnering with maybe like a nonprofit or something? I know you just moved, but, um, and maybe like bringing that back just as, as like a side portion of your business. Yeah, I was actually doing, um, so I was, um, a health sex educator. Okay. Uh, Yeah. At working at this agency, uh, at DWDC. Mm-hmm. in Washington Heights. And, um, and one of the things that I would do also like, you know, for one of the things was like, get to know your bodies better from mm-hmm. the inside out. So we, we would do like Yoni sculptures made out of clay. Wow. And, yeah. And, um, and that was like, actually one of the workshops that I started uh, to bring back uh, like right before COVID hit. Oh, and okay. Yeah. So then after that, it was like, oh, like, you know, I had some things lined up for mm-hmm. like more of those workshops. And, you know, like now, like <laughs> we're living in a very interesting, wild world that it's like <laughs> all the plans that you had at some point, it's like, you know, out the window for the moment. But, um, Mm-hmm. I did get to do a couple more in the time being, and it felt so empowering. And just like being around community, it's so it's 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 like needed, you know, yes. for me, you know. Absolutely, I agree. Those are like this is the first um, fall season in six and a half years that I won't be doing a runway show for Smart Glamour because of COVID and. It's really not that upsetting to me before the like, oh, no, not we. I can't make a collection and I can't make a runway show like that's sad. But what's sadder is that like I can't have that space with my models and inviting other vendors and having folks come attend it like that. That's the point of it. And so like that's the part that 
you know, I miss being able to do. But Yes, and it's like, it was such a wonderful event, too. Like, my daughter is still talking about it today. Oh like, like I, there was, like, a switch. You know, like, she's never, like, seen, like, models or runway show. Uh, no. So she got to experience, like, you know, the practice run. And, you know, there was, like, this, like... <laughs> something that sparked inside of her like after going to one of your events and you know like I I saw like even the change when I'm like okay Violeta time to take a photo you know and and she's like you know I I see her feeling like good with herself and it's like oh yeah I saw you know I saw it here and it just like it really was like such a beautiful event and you know I know it's crazy things are happening and it's like yeah but like really truly honestly like those type of events is like what makes a difference in our community and in this society and I'm I'm really sad you know it's not going to be going on this year Ugh, I'm so happy that she was there to see that and yes. that made an impact on her truly um so I was just noticing on your Instagram before we started chatting that you describe your jewelry um, as being pieces for uh, folks who are badass, like badass and spiritual pieces. Is that is that the verbiage you use? Yeah, it's um, pieces for the spiritual and the badass. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, the reason why, why I named it that is because, you know, like, at some point, it's like I started exploring my spirituality a lot more. I grew up in a very, like I guess, like religious household. My mom was very, my mom was is a very Catholic woman. Um, but I also <laughs> grew up with my dad, who's like he comes from a Jewish background, but he's basically an atheist. Um, so I had like those two opposite. I guess, you know, spectrums of religion and spirituality. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like growing up, I'm like, uh, like, what am I? And, you know, crystals were something that definitely called me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people started like, little by little giving me like a lot of like crystals. And like, when I would travel, I would like collect a lot of crystals. And um, so it did help me the crystals did help me connect to like that spiritual side that I was like seeking and trying to like, you know, get in touch with more. Um, but a lot of the times, you know, like if I would go to like certain events and, you know, I, I was just like, like, but you know, I need like a little bit more of an edge. <laughs> so, uh, so I was like, you know, you could be like spiritual and a badass or maybe just a badass or just spiritual. But like, I guess I was like trying to like, you know, for me, that's how I connected my jewelry. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, uh, just as somebody who has seen it, I think that's a pretty accurate description of it. You know, like the I don't know, sometimes when I personally think of um you know, pieces, whether it's jewelry or it's just like things for your home that involve crystals. Sometimes it seems a little too, what is the word? I don't know. Like not delicate, but like, I don't know, a yeah, little too like very little pure. Too <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. Like you want to just like, you know, like open up and like have that like 
I don't know, but it's like, I also, again, I worked a lot with the LGBTQ community and, Mm -hmm. you know, went to a lot of, you know, I did a lot of like uh, fairs and um, at drag shows and, you know, like that's who I connected with the most Mm -hmm. while still in search of my spiritual side. So it was like, wait, can, can I just have like both of the worlds like in in one and be okay with it you know like doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like the most purest but like you know in a way like the rawest you know roughest like feeling to it which yeah. is yeah yeah no yeah for sure and I, I mean that that all comes across when when I see your your pieces and I think that like so I'm not I'm not a religious person. I'm also not necessarily a spiritual person. Um, but to me, spirituality seems more accessible to me than religion. I think just in general, sometimes religions get oh. a little too stiff. Um, oh. and controlling. <laughs> <Scares> me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. I think something about spirituality, even from my outside observer of folks speaking on it or making things things you know in that vein it just seems like a much more inclusive umbrella term you know that can mean whatever it needs to mean to the person yeah yeah I mean to be honest with you like again my dad being more like a atheist leaning person Mm -hmm. like he's like one of the most spiritualist or more of the more spiritual people that I've ever encountered without him even thinking like oh yeah I'm a spiritual person but by you know he's like very like oh let's um how can we help mother earth heal how can we like you know help to like get all of this like climate change things fixed like Mm -hmm. for me that's part of like his spirituality you know like it's not like it's like what connects you to earth at the end of the day mm, yeah that's a, that's an interesting way to look at it and maybe not one that i've looked at before and i i appreciate that because again i think that just makes it more well-rounded and more accessible to more people without putting like rules yeah <laughs> it's like you don't have to like follow anything really just like <laughs> What right. makes you your authentic you? That's like getting to know your spirit more. That's how I see it. It's like when you dig into like your truer self, that's mm-hmm. your spirit talking to you. Mm-hmm. And back to the actual jewelry itself, did you, so obviously, I mean, you you know, you, you mentioned that you made jewelry as a kid and then you stopped and you got back to it. Um, like the type of jewelry that you make now, did you teach yourself to do that or did you go take any courses or how did, how did you learn to put those pieces together? Uh, yeah, so I am a self-taught, uh, jewelry designer. I did go to school for art, but I mainly focus in painting and drawing, uh, Mm. which, you know, I, I definitely feel very passionate about, but jewelry was, something that you know I I just did for myself in the Mm -hmm. earlier years as a form of healing as a form of therapy I didn't have like you know the access to go to therapy or like 
you know, like I definitely had a lot of healing to go through uh, without me even like realizing that's what I had to do. But, you know, like now seeing it, it's like, oh, yeah, this was just like what I needed to like, even just like to work on on my self-esteem, like in Mm -hmm. in those like early college years where I was like, I'm so lost. Who am I? You know, and I started making jewelry just to like keep my hands and my mind busy or not busy, but, um, you know, to be like, to be doing something. And, and it, it helped me heal so much. It helped me understand more of who I was and yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's wonderful. I think that, I mean, any kind of art really, or any type of, um, creation, you know, making something where there was nothing or there was, just tools and um, supplies can absolutely be um, a adjacent form of, of some kind of therapy or healing because, you know, you're, you're basically transferring some kind of energy that you were holding into something else, you know, like when you're done, there is something that was not there before. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, that's just, that's just, that's just like a powerful thing to be able to do is to like make something with your hands. Or even if, you know, if you're a dancer or a singer, whatever the case may be, like you're, you're, you're putting something into the world that wasn't there before you started. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Exactly that. No. And, and I mean, it it has been like life changing for me really, because, you know, like, while I was going to college, like I, I did try to go to therapy and it wasn't until, you know, after I left college that, um, I, I, like I was having a really hard time, like trying to fit into like anything and, and I just didn't know where I wanted to go. And it wasn't until like, after I left college that I got diagnosed with ADHD and that's uh-huh. why I was like, oh, my God, I had such a hard time in school. And if I would have gotten diagnosed like so much earlier, maybe I would have understood that, you know, I had to like do things different. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, so I had like like self-esteem and all that had like gone down the drain like in my mm-hmm. college years. But being able to like get back into art is really what like. I feel like it saved me. Like it saved me again because you know when when I was younger, living through a civil war, I felt like art saved me mm-hmm. at that point. And like you know, going to college, being so lost, like you know, like not understanding what my brain was going through, mm-hmm. um, my self esteem was just like not okay. And wow. um, you know, and and finding that I was really good at art and not, you know, not only that I was good at art, but like I could use my, you know, my quote unquote health um, mental illness, (laughs) my ADHD Mm -hmm. as a power tool Mm. because like, you know, like with ADHD, I could focus on so many things at once. So I'll make like, I'll seriously be working on like 50 pieces at once. And you know, and then I get to like create 50 pieces because like my brain is jumping from like one thing to the next and, and then I'm able to be productive in this field. And I was like, I just like, you know, it's been healing in so many ways and just being like, oh no, this is like, you know, what 
other people, you know, what my therapist would call, like, you know, I have like a mental illness, but like, this is actually that it's really helping me. My DHT is helping me to like create like an abundance of things. So I am grateful (laughs) for my ADHD because like, I like sometimes I, I, I'm in awe of like, all the things that I'm creating all at once. And I'm like, wow, did I really just make this? I didn't even like, I had no idea. <laughs> like, oh. you know, so yeah. <laughs> and it definitely, it definitely sounds like, you know, finding out that that's what was going on with you was like giving you a tool, right? Like, yeah. like I feel like sometimes when we, <sighs> Uh, like pre-knowing an outcome even if the outcome is something that might be perceived as a negative whatever that might be doesn't mean it has to be a negative right and like once you know that that's what's thing you can decide how to use it or what to do with it or how to grow from it or with it um so i feel like it's so great that like you you got this diagnosis and then found a way to not only live with this diagnosis but also to thrive with it and use it to your benefit and to see the positives in it you know and I wish that I I just feel like I've heard at least I don't know from personal experience that women and girls have a harder time getting diagnosed with certain mental illnesses Um, and curious I'm just wondering like you know, the medical industry put more effort into studying women and girls and, and then, you know, who knows, let's go even past that and say, let's study, you know, non-binary people and, and whatnot, and maybe even just remove this ridiculous box of gender, how much sooner folks would be able to learn about themselves and figure out how to, um, get what they want out of life and, and, and feel more confident. Yeah. Like it, I mean, it happened to me. I was like, I, I was having a really hard time in school at college mm-hmm. and, you know, I was like, let me go see a therapist. Um, never in the time that I was there, did I get diagnosed? It was just like, like I, I I was like even more lost like uh you know like if anything I had a guidance counselor I'd be like well not everybody's meant to like be in college maybe this is not something for you and and I wanted to be there I'm like why are you oh telling God. me this like <laughs> like you know like give me like something to work with but like they were just like oh you know like maybe you can like think other routes whatever and it wasn't Unfortunately, I mean, I I went to I went to college for about eight years, never got diagnosed. I have like five classes left, and you know, at that point, I was like, you know, it, it was like those core classes that my brain was just like putting up walls, and you know, I I tried like several times, and I was just like, well, you know, maybe they were right, you know, but it was just like. I did not get the the proper tools to work with like in this society where it's like, okay, you have to like sit here and write mm-hmm. these like 20 page paper, 
you know, like, and, and I was just like, my brain was like, nope, nope, nope. And if I would have known what was going on, if I would have gotten some tools with it, then maybe things would have worked out differently. Who knows? But at the end of the day, I mean, it forced me to be like, my brain is different. (laughs) So let me try to get into like, my own path. And I mean, eventually is what led me where I'm at right now. Um, And, and at this point, you know, like, definitely like knowing my diagnosis, it it helped me out a lot to be like, okay, this is what I have. And, you know, it means that my mind, you know, focuses on many things all at once. And now I feel like it helps me thrive in, in this like area that I'm in. So so yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Um, so I know we briefly touched on it uh, earlier, but I was just wondering if we can go a little bit more into specifics in case anyone else out there that's listening is like trying to start a business or thinking about starting a business or making things and wondering if they could sell them. Like what were the actual tangible steps that you took in order to start selling your jewelry? Like, did you, do you only sell it on, or did you start only selling it on social media? Did you immediately open up a store? Like what, like, what did you do? Yeah. Um, so I think this is a very important question because like starting out, I think I would have gave up so many times, you know, (laughs) because like at first, you know, you don't, you might not see, any like movement like you're like why why am I doing this you know like my social media I started social media mostly like Instagram super late um Mm -hmm. you know like never really like putting up my art or anything so like that didn't come (laughs) so easy to me um and but I have to say like once I was like determined to be like okay I'm going to be focused on my art, you know, focus on my jewelry. Mm -hmm. And then it's like consistency is definitely key Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, consistency and and just like being authentic, like Mm -hmm. um, things, I feel like things will, will follow if you're like, being consistent, if you're being true, if you if you know that this is like a calling, a passion, just like, you know, there were so many times that I was like, why am I doing this? Like, this is so silly. Like, why? You know, like, especially like at the beginning. And then, you know, little by little, it's like, oh, you know, you make a connection and you start networking and like people will find their niche, people will, you know, if if you're passionate about something, people will appreciate that. And, and it, it will call someone that I was like, that will be like, Oh, yeah, I really like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, So just like not giving up. <laughs> I think that's like, number one, yeah. not giving up. <laughs> uh, keep going. And, you know, in this like digital age that we're living in, like, documenting like Mm. just like showing what you're doing I think it helps and it could even like inspire other people that you might not even realize that you're doing that so Mm -hmm. um like 
I think number one rule is don't give up, <laughs> like, and be consistent in mm -hmm. your craft. And even if it feels silly and you think like it's just like your friends and family liking or buying your things, like, if you keep pushing, like, more people will see what you're doing, networking, all of that, it will help out. And we are coming into this world that it's like, you know, it's moved by like computers and social media. So mm -hmm. you could reach people that you've never even met and right. um, just don't give up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At the end of the day, yeah, don't give up. <laughs> yes, yes. And um, when it comes to uh, promoting your items, do you, are you mostly using social media? Are you ever doing any kind of ads for it or like, what what are the various ways that you try to get your products out to more people? Yeah, so before COVID hit, I was doing fairs, one-on-one sales. Like mm -hmm. I, I love connecting to the to the buyers. Mm -hmm. Um I had some really amazing things lined up right before COVID. Like I was like, Ugh. oh, I have like these great great venues. Like I'm gonna be there, you know, I'll be like a seller in their space. Um, and then this happened, but it gave me the opportunity to focus more on my online store, which was something that I was just like half assing before that. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I'll just have it just in case someone clicks on it, but not really like paying attention to it. And then like being in quarantine, it's like, uh, what do you do with so many hours indoors? Like, mm -hmm. you know, like it just like forced me to to like be more persistent in my online store. And I have mm -hmm. to say, I was very, very like, I, I was very pleasantly surprised of the mm. outcome. I was oh, like, wonderful. oh, people are shopping online like duh obviously but I didn't <laughs> even realize that because I wasn't paying attention to that part mm -hmm. um but yeah definitely like you know like right now in this digital age like you know we could connect with other people from other countries that we've never met and yeah you know that's a possibility these days that you know like I'm I'm still trying to get used to it because <laughs> I didn't grow up with <laughs> with computers or social media. I'm, I mean, I'm I'll be 35 this year, but I still grew up before the internet. So right, know, this is like uh, I'm still trying to get used to it. <laughs> but uh, and there's also yeah, there's also just so many um, avenues to take with it. You know, there's so many different ways to sell your things, to advertise your things, to photograph your things video like there's just so so many options and even I mean I'm constantly thinking about and working on my um website for smart glamour because it's the main it's kind of the opposite that's like my main way of selling things and then I only do pop-ups at like a very small percentage of sales um and there's always ways to make it better and like even during this time I'm also kind of to find ways to really optimize what I'm doing and I like hired um, a woman to do some SEO writing for me um, to boost my search engine stuff and then I just talked to somebody today who fully broke down like how do you even use Google Analytics 
um, because their interface is so confusing to me. And I would open it and be like, I don't know what any of this means. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) What? That's a different language. (laughs) What are you talking about? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So I really think that um, you're right on point for, you know, using this time to optimize um, your online presence and just make it as efficient as you can because um there's always ways to improve and to keep learning and growing and hopefully reaching new people yeah I mean I think you know like just social media and and this like you know things that you could do online is just gonna keep growing you know mm-hmm. um I'm hoping that <laughs> You know, this whole pandemic is going to end soon. But the, you know, the truth is like right now, this is like a way to connect, even if we're not together. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, like things that you'll be doing, like, oh, networking with people like now you could do it through social media, the Internet. Um, right. So, yeah, we're spending a lot of time. <laughs> indoor (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know it's a great time to learn new things if possible like Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and at the same time like kind of like realize like we also have to be gentle to ourselves and like not try to do the most when we're like in the middle of a pandemic and we're like oh I don't know and your brain shuts down that's okay too like you know we don't have to be the most right now but (laughs) if your brain gives you that you know, the space, then why not do it? <laughs> Absolutely. That's a wonderful point. Um, so to close out our little chat, I like to ask everybody how they would like to see their industry change for the better in the future. And I'm wondering if maybe since we've touched on a few different things with you, could you, I know that you're not super in the space anymore, but how do you, how do you see, um, be the sex and health and LGBTQIA plus support spaces uh, changing for the better? And then how do you hope to see um, the either jewelry space or small business space or art space, whichever makes sense for you to talk about, um, change for the better? Yeah. um, So I just, you know, first, like, just like building that community, like knowing that you are part of a tribe that is really keep, I mean, at least for me, like, you know, mm-hmm. to like be able to like thrive, to be able to, to grow, like, you know, like what, like what community are you in? Right. And, and, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm still learning from, from the people that I've met through, you know, DWDC and, and just like how, just like how to keep being our authentic selves. Like if, if that's something that I learned, like working with a lot of like, you know, I I did work with a lot of trans women and something that they taught me is like, you just have to be like unapologetically yourself. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what I want to keep bringing with my jewelry and sharing my jewelry to, to people to like, to make them feel like, you know, to bring out that inner bad, badass goddess that we all have within <laughs> ourselves. Like, 
you know, like, this is what I want us to feel because why not? Like, this is who we are. We just need like that little like extra to like, you know, to like bring it out. And if there is anything that I want my jewelry to do is to like, to make us feel like we are those goddesses, you know, that, that, that we do, that we are. Um, but at times, you know, we might not feel it. Um, or if we do feel it, let's like embrace it and like, let's be okay with like showing it off. Like, you know, why not? We, we are these glamorous people. Absolutely. And I, it feels like it's, I mean, it sounds to me like you hope that your jewelry does for other people what it has done for you. It's, it's been such a healing process for me that there is nothing more than like healing that I'm sending off, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, with crystal, especially like I always like cleanse them and like charge them before shipping them out. And, you know, something that I send with every single one of my pieces is like, to find that, you know, that that light and guidance to like, be the most like, authentic and like, just like light beings that we are. And sometimes like, you know, it's hard to find that light within us. But like, you know, it is there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that is one thing that I, I, you know, I do a ritual every time I'm packaging my my pieces. And I'm like, you know, Mm -hmm. may the light come out of like every single person that wears one of these pieces. And yeah, like, I, I feel like there's, there's so much healing to do at this point. And not only healing, but just like, well, not only healing in, in the greater scheme of things, like in, in, in the world, uh, with mm. nature, but within ourselves too. And that's where it starts. And if we're able to bring that light. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's, a, I mean, that's a wonderful thing to, to hope for and to, um, to, push onto your or into your products to send to other people. And um, I think that's a wonderful thing to, to end with here. So could, I know you mentioned it once before, but could you uh, restate where folks can find you on the internet and shop your items? Yes. Uh, so um, I'm, I work a lot with Instagram. So you can find me at Instagram at Curex tribe, which is mm-hmm. cure C U R E X. And then tribe, T-R-I-B-E. Um, and you could search um, the same username on on Etsy and you'll find my store there. Perfect. And I will link those in the show notes so people can just um, click them directly. Thank you so much. Thank this you was so, so much. much. <laughs> <laughs> hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of fashion for all please be sure to check our show notes for information and links to our guests and their work be sure to subscribe or follow us on your podcast platform of choice and leave us a rating or review on apple podcasts to help others find the show for more smart glamour goodness you can head to smartglamour.com and follow us on facebook at backslash smart glamour and instagram at smart underscore glamour thanks